Welcome to Conversations, a podcast by Christ Presbyterian Church of Auburn, where we sit down with our pastor, Eric Zellner, and discuss how God's Word applies to our lives. Hey, Eric, we're back. Hey, Michael, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Tell everybody who you are one more time. Yeah, Michael Austinson. I was uh, told by a member of our church that I need to introduce myself. So yeah. Michael Austinson again. I'm not Will Levant. My name's not Will. <laughs> so. You're the uh, you're the first change we've had. Will, 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 and now Michael. Michael. Yes, it's good. I'm so. glad glad to be with you. Thanks yes. for thanks for hosting us today. Absolutely. Um, today we have a fun topic. I guess it's fun. I think yeah. it's fun. Yeah, it's challenging. It's challenging. Challenging. So it's fun. Um, we're going to talk today about the Holy Spirit, um, which I guess as Presbyterians, we don't talk about a ton necessarily, right. yeah. but um, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament specifically. Hmm. Um, I think this is a question that uh, a lot of people kind of wrestle with. You 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 read a lot about in Pentecost and you mm-hmm. read about, about Jesus in, in the gospel saying, I'm going to send a helper, Yeah, but we don't see a ton of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and the Old Testament takes up most of the Bible. Sure. So... Um, hmm. I know this is a question that I've thought about and I've read a lot of good articles on it, but I thought it would be a good podcast topic to, yeah. um, talk about the role of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Um, so the, uh, the first question, um, and then it'll lead into the second question. Okay. But the first question is, uh, you know, just kind of giving us a, a bearings of what an Old Testament believer, an Old Testament, you know, Israelite, um, what they would know about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay. So, what what would they know? I think we can talk about what the scripture would have taught, and then by way of their understanding, uh, we have to recognize that we have such a such a great perspective in the New Testament. That, uh, but they certainly the very first thing that they would have known and understood was um, Genesis chapter one. It's a, the Spirit of God uh, comes down and hovers over the face of the waters, um, and. And God causes life to be formed through the power of the Holy Spirit. So this life-giving function would have been one of the very first things that an Old Testament Israelite would have noticed. Um, and that that is amplified, of course, in chapter 2 when uh, the Bible says, you know, God said to himself, let us, plural form, make man in our image after our likeness. Who is he talking to? Well, you and I have clarity on that, that that they might not have fully understood, but they would have recognized that that spirit who moved down towards the water in power, uh, that perhaps God is speaking to himself in this, in this force of power. Um, the other thing, you know, as the Old Testament is being written, they would, have, they would have recognized that the Spirit of God comes upon certain people in power. Mm-hmm. So we have the example in the Judges, um, the Spirit of God rushes upon Samson. Uh, we even have the Spirit of God uh, coming upon kings, and we have to do something with the the odd thing that seems to happen when, when Saul has the Holy Spirit as the king of Israel, but then the Holy Spirit seems to depart from mm-hmm. Saul. Um, and so that leaves us with, well, how what's going on there mm-hmm. and and when we try to think of that as believers we wonder what in the world can the holy spirit leave me um and so even asking that question kind of helps us process okay what did they really know and understand mm-hmm. but part of what i'm what i'm describing in that is that the holy spirit came upon 
uh, God's people for specific tasks and specific functions. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they would have seen that. I mean, even in even in Exodus, when we finished working through there, we saw that God gifted certain people with skills and craftsmanship, right? Mm -hmm. And you would you would see that throughout the uh, like. Uh, Exodus 28, 31, 35, everything related to building the tabernacle, I mean, the Spirit of God has gifted them for these tasks. Mm -hmm. um, and so you you also have an intellectual sphere, which is kind of a part of that. That's that's that gifting for craftsmanship, but also an intellectual type of um, sphere. And, and, and I get that from the book of Job, where one of Job's friends um, says that the Almighty God gives them a spirit of, of understanding. Mm -hmm. But but that's also even the the phrase a spirit of understanding seems to be a, an, a somewhat common mm -hmm. phrase that's used in the Old Testament. So we take all that together and we recognize okay they would have they would have known that God's spirit somehow is part of giving life. Mm -hmm. uh, they would have understood the power of feats of strength or even particular gifting for a particular role. Moses is spoken of as having the spirit um, speaking with that kind of authority and power. So I think the thing to notice in that is um, any Old Testament believer, if they'd have kind of pulled that together, they could have understood that, mm -hmm. um, which I think then we have to recognize you and I on this side of the cross and this side of Pentecost have a clarity for things in the Old Testament because we now understand Christ mm -hmm. differently. Yeah. Right. And that and that leads into our second question, yeah. Um, and kind of just the second biggest point of, I guess, regeneration, right? That is like yeah. the the work of the spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, the question is always asked. Well, not always asked, but um, I've seen the question asked multiple times. You know, did the Holy Spirit regenerate, or were Old Testament Christians regenerated in the same way? Um, and the answer seems to be yes, uh, for oh, yeah. the most part. Um, but there seems to be a little bit of a different playing out on that. So would you would you speak to that? Yeah, I mean, you know, if we if we think about the fact that um, that the only way that God ever brings a, a cold, dead heart to to life is that the Spirit has to come into us and move us mm -hmm. and change us. Mm -hmm. And so that's not different from Old Testament to New Testament. And I think that would surprise some of our listeners to think about, right? That in order for somebody to be born again in the Old Testament. Uh, the Spirit of God had to had to move in them to to create regeneration. Mm -hmm. Why in the world would I ever embrace the covenant promises of God from the depths of my heart, except that the Holy Spirit yeah. convicts me through the law and shows me through the signs that are pointing forward to some some need for faith and God to provide a sacrifice. So all of that is is only made possible by mm -hmm. virtue of the work of the Holy Spirit. Yep. And and here's an important distinction. If that's not how it happened, then we're left with people being morons <laughs> or smart, right? And it's yeah. it, and and things that are spiritual are clearly not an issue of intellect; they're an issue of God changing our <laughs> yes, heart, right? Absolutely. And so, um, so to answer that question, the Holy Spirit is actively a part of regeneration in the Old Testament and the New Testament, even to the point that you could say the Holy Spirit is actively helping. Old Testament, what you and I might call Christians or saints, um, to move and grow in the process of sanctification. Mm -hmm. They're becoming more like Jesus, even though they don't know who Jesus mm -hmm. is. They're becoming more godlike in their mm -hmm. character. How'd they do that? 
Well, the Holy Spirit points to the law and shows them that the, that the law tells us something about the heart of the lawgiver, and the Spirit of God teaches them, oh, I, I will not, I don't want to covet. I don't want to look at somebody else's possessions and long for it with this deep lust in my heart. I don't want to um, dishonor my father and my mother. But, but that's the work of the Holy Spirit that's making all of that happen. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think, let me, let me go back then. Where are we with regard to the question? I've answered the regeneration part. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. when we look to the New Testament, yeah. what am I missing? Uh, prophet, priest, and king. Yeah, talk, th- yeah thank talk you. About that. So the, um, when, when we talk about the distinction of the way that um, the Spirit works in the Old Testament, you would say that when the Spirit comes upon someone for special purpose, and that's I think that's one of the things that you see in the Old Testament, that there's special purposes whereby sometimes the Lord does— um, gift someone. Mm-hmm. And we see that primarily in these three roles. That's why I mentioned that, that prophet, priest, king mm-hmm. idea. Um, and that you see that God gives in the prophets a spirit of revelation. And that spirit of revelation is the Holy Spirit, that mm-hmm. they would speak and communicate the things which God revealed to them. Well, that's evidently the work of the Holy Spirit. When a king rules and reigns justly on behalf of God's people, and intercedes to fight for them. That's an act of the Holy Spirit, a uh, functional work of the Holy Spirit. Um, or, you know, even even when a priest goes in to uh, functionally offer a sacrifice for somebody, that's that's interceding as a mm-hmm. priest. So the Spirit is actively a part of all of that. The beautiful thing, the Old Testament obviously um, culminates for whatever our Old Testament forefathers knew. They would have understood the prophecy of Joel chapter 2 as a very crucial and maybe even unusual thing. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where it says, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, even on your male and female servants. In other words, um, what what the prophet Joel is telling them is that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon them, not simply to the prophet, to the priest, and to the king mm-hmm. to do a particular task, yes. but suddenly the Holy Spirit is going to come on all flesh, who mm-hmm. all all believers, mm-hmm. and by doing that is going to gift them mm-hmm. with gifts that God once only gave to prophet, priest, mm-hmm. and king. So that's and and the way we way we begin to understand that is the way the Apostle Paul talks about spiritual gifts, right? Some are gifted with all kinds of different things, um, and those gifts are meant to be used for the edification of others and the building up of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, Michael, it, for all of our listeners, they could think about this and recognize that, okay, well, I have a, I have a gift to, of generosity, or I have a gift of service, or I have a gift of hospitality. Well, all of those gifts are actually because the Holy Spirit has come into you. And so when Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29 says that God's going to pour out his Spirit on all flesh, what's new in the New Testament about the Holy Spirit is not that he pours these things out, but suddenly what's different is it's going to every single Mm -hmm. believer to perform particular tasks of service for the king. Absolutely. Um, so then, then suddenly you realize, oh, that's actually okay. That is different. Mm-hmm. the The regeneration was the same, but this gifting uh, for the purposes of building up the church is different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think even thinking on the interceding part too, um, right? The Holy Spirit then gifts us to then go to Christ yeah. and him being a prophet, priest, and king. That's right. I'm just also saying that translation, right? We see how it was different in the old and the new. And I was even saying earlier how it's better in the New Testament. Yeah, that's not that's not an unbiblical. That's not. No, that, I don't, that's, I don't that's think it's unbiblical. Yeah, that's what I mean. Part of it, even what Jesus is saying when he's on earth is it's better if I if I leave mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit comes to you. Um, and sometimes, you know, we think, well, maybe it's just better because the Holy Spirit would dwell in me. Well, yes, um, because there would be a tendency to rely on the the Christ, the second person of the Trinity who's standing in front of you. But mm-hmm. God's actually saying, well, the Spirit's going to dwell in you. But but more than that, and I think this is to, uh, to Jesus's point, uh, you will learn to live by faith by virtue of the Spirit working mm-hmm. in you, and, and your working for the kingdom will happen because the Spirit has now will after Pentecost, and, and Pentecost is the major turning point. Yep. The Spirit will now empower you to do these works yeah. um, for the kingdom. And so, I mean, the truth is, the Spirit indwelt Old Testament believers for the purposes of life and, and re- rebirth. Mm. But the Spirit was coming upon only certain people for the sake of particular tasks. Yes. Now, the Holy Spirit is poured out on all of God's people, um, and so there's no distinction. Yeah. Now, um, you and I kind of talked offline. I think this is an important thing to, to mention. Um, because of what becomes obvious about the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, what becomes obvious about the Christ, and, oh, his name was Jesus, and that's what God meant by a Lamb of God mm-hmm. slain, um, then suddenly it, may, it, it, it removes every other barrier that you and I might potentially set up in our mm-hmm. minds. Well, I'm not, I'm not a good enough person, so maybe if I had a priest to intercede between me and, and Jesus, mm-hmm. maybe an earthly man would be more holy and could mm-hmm. help me. Um, or even saying, oh, I just need that friend who's just really in touch, you know, yeah. and they can yeah. just receive that word. <laughs> and it's, you know, and, and, and that's just... Mm. You know, the Lord has written his word, and, you know, it is it is sealed. Yeah. Um, and so um, definitely looking to to man in that way. It's like, no, we, we actually we look to Christ, yeah. right? And, and the Holy Spirit enables us to do that now in all flesh. That's, that, that's what we've been saying this no, whole I think time. That's, but, it, but I think, no, I, but your point is really important, too, because we don't want to rely on another person mm-hmm. to be the one who can reveal God's word to mm-hmm. us. And and so one of the functional beautiful things is that the that the Holy Spirit speaks now through His written Word, and and you and I don't have to have a prophet give new word mm. from God. We do not have to have. I mean, and, and that's what you've just said in so many words. We don't have to have a prophet who speaks new words for us from God. Mm. Because the Bible speaks it, and the Spirit testifies mm-hmm. to it. Absolutely. We don't have to have a priest to stand in between us and God, because Jesus is our priest, and he is sufficient. Yeah. And the Word testifies to that yeah. itself. And then, of course, the issue of king, right? Um, the the one who rules and reigns, not only over your life or my life, but more especially over the church, is Jesus Christ right. and him yeah. alone. Yeah. Um, suddenly, I think what we what we have by way of beauty and help for for us as Christians is the New Testament makes so much more provides so much more clarity for how the Trinity works mm-hmm. Father Son and Holy Spirit um, and so the Father who is um, as Deuteronomy six says is one uh, has in the Old Testament shown himself to be sending forth in power through the Spirit 
How is he going to save mankind? In other words, what's going to be the, the way in which a sacrifice pays for sin? It's through the second person, Trinity, mm-hmm. in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of those things, I think, functionally work together to give us a kind of clarity that that in clarity really gives us confidence and yeah. comfort. I guess one thing I just thought about, and I know we, we haven't talked about this, but sure. offline we haven't talked about this, but um, the idea of illumination, mm-hmm. right? Illumination, is that, could, you, could it be fair to say that Illumination was not a working of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament in all believers, but now in the New Testament is. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that kind of what we're hitting at? Maybe yeah, I mean, I bit? think I think like to my point about the you know the Spirit of God operates in the prophets as a Spirit of revelation. David talks about the Spirit of Yahweh speaks by me, and His word is on my tongue. He says that in Second Samuel twenty three. Nehemiah says something similar, um, and, and the Spirit was testifying through the prophets, but now. I mean, and I think what what you're saying is a, a very useful point, right? The the Word of God, which is written for us, um, you know, the Bible obviously speaks about the Word of God being Jesus, but then there's the Word of God written, uh, which testifies to Jesus, but the Holy Spirit is the one who's really pointing mm-hmm. to Jesus mm-hmm. through the Scriptures. Yeah. So there is a kind of illumination that takes place, yeah. um, and that illumination has been poured down upon all, all believers. All believers, yeah. yeah. And and that doesn't mean that we all get our own separate illumination. No, that's right? yeah, There's that's one, one that's one thing I wanted and that's the, to, to and that's differentiate. That's the issue of interpretation, right? Yeah. We, we we follow the interpretation that Jesus gave to the apostles. Absolutely, that's the one interpretation. But by way of clarity, all of that can be known by virtue of the Spirit in the Word itself. Yeah, well, I hope that helps. No, I think I think that does, and I think summarize we can. I guess with confidence, with encouragement from this, I mean, not confidence, mm-hmm. I guess in confidence, but yeah. encouragement from it is that we have, we have a better thing Yeah. as new Christian, as new Testament believers, you know, since Pentecost on this side of the cross, that's right. Like we have a better thing. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. We can be very thankful for the old Testament believers sticking it out, you know, and, 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 and helping to accomplish the Lord's redemptive purposes in the old Testament. Yeah. But we can also just, be thankful that we have a better thing, that we do have the Holy Spirit living within us, and that gives us confidence and joy mm-hmm. in the trials. And well, and we think about this, too, Michael, and this is a part of what is better. Um, we would have, in the Old Testament, we would have looked and, and rejoiced that God had gifted King David to mm-hmm. lead God's people. We would have rejoiced and, and given thanks that God spoke through the prophet Isaiah. But... Um, and, and certainly in the role of priest, we would have given thanks for that, and we would have understood that. But what we're saying, and what I think the Scripture teaches now, is that I can actually give thanks. I'm so thankful so-and-so in the church has the gift of hospitality. Yep. That's such a blessing yep. to our congregation, right? But but again, the, the, the fantastic and beautiful thing about this is it never points to David or Isaiah um, or um, whatever priest. It, it points to Christ, mm-hmm. the giver of these gifts mm-hmm. and the Spirit, who does the who gives the power. So it's always giving praise back to God. Mm-hmm. So when I see somebody's gift of hospitality or somebody's gift of mercy or somebody's gift of service, well we praise God because those those are gifts from the spirit. Absolutely. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's good. Thank you, Michael. I think that's uh, I think that covers it. I think that was really good. Good. I hope so. righty. Thanks so much. We will see everybody. Well not see, but uh you'll <laughs> you'll hear from us <laughs> you'll next hear time. from us next time. <laughs> that's right. Thank okay. you. Okay. Thank you everybody for listening. Bye bye.